Welcome to Generative Spirits, Conversations with Catholic Sisters, a Catholic sister podcast that explores how members of Northeast Ohio congregations respond to the signs of the times in ways only sisters can. My name is Margaret Eichste. And I am Rachel Droner. And our guest today is Sister Rita Mary Harwood, a sister of Notre Dame. We talk about the work she has done in leading the Secretariat for Parish Life and Development at the Diocese of Cleveland and how it has changed over the years. Sister Rita Mary has supported multiple ministries, including chairing Church in the City in 1994 and leading the Welcoming the Stranger Committee, a group of professionals committed to the rights and needs of migrants and refugees. She began her work at the diocese in 1995 with responsibilities for the parishes of the eight county dioceses and the offices that are in service to those parishes, as well as all the lay organizations and ethnic ministries of the diocese. We have gotten to know Sister Rita Mary and her work through participation on the Welcoming the Stranger Committee. And we are excited to talk to her today about her experiences in this and so many other important ministries throughout the diocese. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Sister Rita Mary. Hello, how are you? Oh, we're good. We're good. We're excited to see you. I'm here. Have you been waiting for long? No, we, we've just been kind of preparing and chatting and yeah. Oh, okay. Sister Rita Mary, your audio is a little choppy. It's a little kind of like in and out. We kind of got the gist of what you were saying, but I'm wondering if there is another room that's maybe has better connection. Let me see if I can find another place. Our reception is not good. So let's see what I can find. When Rachel and I get our recording studio, this won't be an issue yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, we should have used the one in the diocese, Sister Mary. I know. Okay, let's see. Does this sound any better? Uh, let's try, yeah. All of your rooms have like such perfect Zoom backgrounds. I know. <laughs> I think this is literally the only place in my house that I can sit, <laughs> that people don't start asking a lot of questions about like yeah. how neat my house is. I'm like trying to set it up in my, in my new apartment. I was like, I'll put a plant here. It's funny. Okay. Um, is this sound any better? We'll give it a try. This is probably going to be the best we'll get it. Great. Well, let's get started. Okay. For our first question, I would love if you could tell us a little bit about your ministerial journey that led you to your position at the diocese. Thank you. I, I would love to talk about that. Even as I look back, it's a rather interesting journey, certainly not one that I ever thought I would be on, but here I am. I lived first on the east side of Cleveland at the time that I was born, and I'm the oldest of four children. I have three younger brothers. We lived in East Cleveland until I was in the fourth grade. And at that time, my mom and dad purchased a home, their first home, and they were so proud of that. It was on the west side of Cleveland in St. Coleman's Parish. So we moved to West 85th Street at that time. That was a very, very large school. I loved it. I loved learning. When I finished at St. Coleman's, I then went to St. Stephen's High School. And I chose St. Stephen's because it was a commercial school, very, very well known for preparing women. It was an all-girl school, particularly for stereotype jobs. And being the oldest of four brothers, I really 
never thought that I would go to college. So I knew I needed to get a good job when I finished high school. It was during my senior year that we went to make a retreat. I never thought about religious life prior to that. After the graduation, I entered the Sisters of Notre Dame. And at that point, my reason for doing it was they were very, very kind and very aware of the poor. They had a really special commitment to the education of the poor. That's, I think, what drew me, that and their spirit of community life, of being a community together. So when I entered, I expressed the hope that perhaps one day I could go to India. We had a mission in India, and I was very interested in becoming a nurse or a doctor. So when I began college then, my courses were really pretty directed into the science area. And it was in my second year that India made the decision that they would no longer allow persons to come into the country for medical purposes, mainly for education. And so I moved then into the area of education and got my degree. And in 1973, I was assigned to St. Michael's School in Canton, Ohio, as the principal there. I was there for six years, and I loved it. It was wonderful. At the end of that time, then, I was asked to supervise the schools that were being staffed by the Sisters of Notre Dame. And at that time, we had 70 elementary schools in eight different dioceses. That was my work for the next three and a half years. And then I went to St. Boniface as the principal. I really wanted to be working in the inner city. Love that. I was there for two years. And at the end of that time, I was the side provincial superior of the Sisters of Notre Dame, the Chardon. We had 640 sisters in our province at that time. I served two terms, and I must say it was such a privilege to be able to spend time and your energy working with such wonderful women, absolutely an overwhelmingly beautiful experience for me. It was the happiest time of my life. At the end of those nine years then, Mr. Hiller called me and asked if I join his staff at the diocese. I remember the discussion with him, it was a delightful experience as he was trying to explain to me what I would be doing. I said, well, I really don't know, but I'd give it a very good try. So that's where I have been as Secretary for Parish Life and Development at the Diocese of Cleveland for the past 26 years. And they have been absolutely wonderful years. I found that so many of the experiences that I had in my life, both growing up as a child and, and a teenager, and then in my religious community, really gave me a marvelous background for the work that I was asked to do in that position as Secretary for Parish Life and Development. I had traveled to many parts of the world, had come to know people from many, many different cultures, I always love hearing stories of how people found themselves either in their ministries or into religious life. And I love that yours includes the unexpected. You know, I, I never expected to, to join the sisters and my expectation was going into something that including the sciences. 
And to say that there have been moments in your life that have led you there, it's just giving me more and more context for who you are and how you got to be in this position. And a lot of it makes sense because in my experience of you, it's okay, so what is the challenge? What is the challenge we're going to meet today? And how can we do so in a compassionate way? And your story really reflects that. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're very welcome. I was just saying to someone the other day, you know, so many times we go into something thinking that we have to have the plan all set and to know exactly where we're going. And so important to listen to how God is calling us and That's revealed in a number of ways through the people that we're ministering with and just through the circumstances, what's happening. I think God speaks through those things. The important thing is to be attuned to that, to listen. So with the Parish Life Office, Sister Rita Mary, could you share what it is and why it's important to the diocese? Because I know many people might not know exactly what the role of that office is. Sure. I'm laughing because I didn't understand it myself. Bishop Hickey organized the diocese into what was called a secretariat system. So it's an organizational plan for the diocese. And divided the offices then that were existing at that point into categories. So there were all those offices dealing with education, all the Catholic charities. So education went into an education secretariat. Catholic charities became the secretary for health and human services, catechists for religious formation and instruction, clergy and religious for the priests and deacons and religious sisters and brothers and priests. And then people explained to me everything that didn't fit neatly into those categories went into the parish life secretariat. I laughed at that. The first meeting that we had, I said to my staff now, I think one of the things that we need to talk about and identify is what's unifying to us, what's going to help us to unify and to express a mission. Who are we? So we talked about many things. You know, it's the relationship of all the different faith communities with us as a Catholic community. So that's the secretariat. It's a way of organizing. If I were to really try to describe the Parish Life Secretariat, I would say that really we're about the pastoral work of the church. That's who we are. We are concerned with the people, with being there with and for people and with and for the parish communities and the organizations. The offices of the secretariat would include missionary discipleship. It used to be called evangelization. The ethnic ministries, we have an office for Hispanic and African-American ministry. For the preparation of lay ecclesial ministers, the office for the protection of children. As I mentioned, the interfaith and ecumenical ministry office Youth, young adult, and family ministry, uh, three separate offices. And most recently, a new addition to the secretariat is the Office for Human Life. And then finally, the office for which I had the responsibility, not only for the secretariat, but for the Office for Parish Life. And what I think is at the very heart of who we are 
was that we collaborated, we worked together, not any one of us was the whole, <laughs> but we found that planning and working together was very important. The realization of what are the needs of people? How can we respond? Ways in which we can be with people. How can we respond to the needs of our pastors and the staffs? What are particular ministries that respond to the needs as they occur? And over the years, we've developed a number of new ministries to respond to those needs. We looked at the lay organizations in the diocese and how we could accompany them and help them to achieve their goals. And most recently, the pastoral care of migrants and refugees and people on the move. So that's the work of the offices of the Parish Life Secretariat and the Parish Life Office. When you share about how ministries were formed out of a need or how ministries were formed specifically for populations of people, I think a lot about the work that I know you from and the work that I'm learning about in your time at the diocese. And I'm wondering, what are the main ministries that you've found over the years, either as part of its beginning or in your role as joining those organizations or those groups to minister to specific populations? Which were the main ones that you were involved in at your time in the diocese? One of the groups that I'm thinking about right now is Welcoming the Stranger. In my role at the foundation, I've been able to get to know you and get to know the people on that committee through Welcoming the Stranger. And I've always really loved the ways that you have identified the migrants and refugees as community members and as people that have incredible amounts of value to our communities. And so why not minister to folks to make them part of our community? And I've always really loved the way that you refer to them as people on the move. I think that it's really inclusive yes. and really, really affirmative. That's right. So I'm wondering, you know, what are those main ministries that you've been really involved in and proud of during your time at the diocese? There are really many of them, but let's start by talking about that particular area of ministry. When I went to the diocese on my job description, there was one line that said the pastoral care of migrants, refugees, and people on the move. I had no idea what that meant. And I learned that the Holy Father in the year 1400 established the Pontifical Office for Migrants, Refugees, and People on the Move. And he did that because he was very concerned about the traders and explorers who were going out to various parts of the world and wanted them to be accompanied by the church. And so they were assigned priests and brothers and so forth to accompany those traders and explorers as they went out on the ships. And that office in Rome is still is in existence. So that one line on my job description represented a ministry that started in 1400 and certainly had many different expressions at this time. And I'll talk a little bit about those. In 2000, the bishops of the United States wrote a letter entitled Welcoming the Stranger. And it was written at that time because we were welcoming many, many people here to the United States, particularly people coming from Europe. And so the bishops felt that it was important for us as a church to reflect on how are we welcoming? How are we making people feel at home once they come here? There were 10 of us that from the diocese that went to that meeting. It took place in Wisconsin. 
And when we came back, we formed a committee, certainly expanded it. And we've met every month since the year 2000. First of all, talking about the refugee community. At that time, it was people coming from Bosnia, Herzegovina. And then as time went on, people coming from Africa. And then as time went on, people coming from different parts of the world, from the Mediterranean areas. And that was a wonderful ministry. We worked with Migration and Refugee Services out of Catholic Charities who were responsible for the resettlement of the people coming into the country. And we then took on the responsibility for the pastoral care. What was it that we could do to help people to, to come into the community, to feel at home, to feel welcome in the church? And so that was really the start in 2005, when we were struggling with the migration situation. And President Bush at that time said, our immigration system is broken. And we were seeing people coming from the Central American countries and really struggling, many of them here without documentation. It was at that time that Bishop Pilla asked if we would really pay close attention to those people and find ways to work with them and to help. So we expanded our committee and we identified three areas that we really felt it was important for us to attend to. One was the education of all people, but particularly our parishes and our schools and our organizations on the needs of those coming here to this country. And the situation in regard to immigration and our immigration system. The second was really to advocate for a reform of our immigration system. And the third area was to accompany to be with these people and to find ways to help them through this period of time. And so it was out of that invitation from the bishops in 2000, from Bishop Pilla in 2005, that we really became, put tremendous effort into education, preparing presentations for parish communities, schools, any group that would invite us that we could come bring migrants and refugees with us so that they could explain their situation, help us all to see really that we are in fact immigrant people. I can speak to that. My grandparents came from England and Ireland as immigrants and really came into a country that they didn't know and were welcomed, very, very often welcomed and were not welcomed at times. So many of the situations of our ancestors are situations that people are experiencing now, which are causing them to look for a place they can call home. The people on the move part of this, I find very interesting, especially at this time, the people on the move ministry would involve the circus workers or seafarers or those who are traveling, we have a very unique ministry here in the diocese. We have a group called Crossbearers for Christ, which is a bikers group who um, started the ministry. Oh, now it must be 12 years ago because they wanted to organize Catholic men and women who were bikers and to ordinarily met in the state and national parks during the summertime 
for Bible study. They had belonged to a Christian association, but they wanted to really reflect on the scriptures from a Catholic point of view. And so they formed this organization, which now is across the country. And they have a particular ministry. Those in our area here do street ministry with the homeless and those in prostitution. And they have been a marvelous, marvelous group of people. An example of the ministry of people on the move. What it says is that the church is there with us wherever we are. And I think that's a beautiful ministry. I've just spoken with one of our priests. Uh, we did not have anyone in the ministry to seafarers. And when I noticed the increase in the number of ships that are now coming through the St. Lawrence Seaway into the Great Lakes and here to Cleveland, I looked into the possibility of seeing if we couldn't revive the ministry to seafarers. And so I've spoken with one of our priests who's very interested. And so I'm hopeful that that will move forward soon. I love that history of what it means people on the move and how that continues to change who that refers to. It's kind of a universal, timeless definition. It is. And it's all over the world. I think that's absolutely fascinating. And when I thought about it, you know, when I was thinking about our own country and thought about the names of the cities along our West Coast in particular, that they're all named for the saints. And that was the influence of whomever was on that ship at that time. So it's fun. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to part one of two of our conversation with Sister Rita Mary Harrowood. Stay tuned for part two, coming out October 22nd. We will talk about the other ministries she supported, including Church in the City and the collaboration that guided the many initiatives in Cleveland's diocese.